Blog Talk Radio. one tonight. Uh, We've already got a packed house. These shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the Whistleblower Summit, and we'll be having news on that here in the next month or so. But right now, the whole world is under attack the way I see it. We are fighting against a non-existent, unprovable, unisolated virus. They claim is there. but we have people infected with something. Now, I'm going to give you my personal perspective on this. And several people I have talked with seem to have drawn the same conclusion. COVID is simply the cover story, the narrative for something that's being done to us globally. Whatever this thing is, is being spread some other way than through a virus. Now, that's my opinion. When you cannot isolate a virus, even from the tissue of people who supposedly passed from it, when you cannot isolate it, you cannot identify it, how can you sit and claim that it even exists? And we are subjected to viruses all day, every day. This is a common thing. Question two, if this is as virulent and deadly as they claim it is and transmissible, We have these massive homeless populations all over the globe, especially here in the U.S., Los Angeles, a prime example, 59,000 homeless people sitting dead in the middle of Los Angeles, and yet COVID doesn't seem to have struck them or any other homeless encampment. The only people dying are in hospitals and nursing homes. It is estimated now here in the U.S. that 48,000 people age 60 and older, have succumbed to whatever this is, and they have done so in a hospital or nursing home. I find that suspect. If this was the plague they claim it is, we would have people dropping dead in the street, again, the example of the homeless, and yet this isn't happening. We have more people dying from this jab that they're giving them. Young children, young adults dying from it than than from the disease itself, whatever this disease is. My personal thoughts are they are doing something to us. How What the delivery system is, is up in the air. Whether it's aerosol spraying, whether it's through the water supplies, uh, what it, how they're delivering it, I don't know. But the delivery system is what we need to find. It is not some invisible, unidentifiable, non-isolated virus. I agree with many people globally who think Fauci and Gates ought to be arrested for crimes against humanity. This was a planned attack, a global attack, 
and we are losing many, many people. These people that I just spoke of have decided that there's too many of us. So they have set about for the last at least 10 years in earnest, sterilizing as many young people as they can. This jab, this protein that they talk about is developed in there, collects in the ovaries of women. Now they can't conceive. There are many things going on here. Uh, for those of you who are clinging hard to this narrative of COVID, this deadly virus, you need to do a little more research. Uh, we have 10,000 doctors and scientists who have come together and said this is non-existent, this is a hoax, this is not what's happening, but something is killing us off. We need to figure out what that is and who done it. With all of that said, our topic tonight is Australia. And as you know, we work closely with the Australians on guardianship. Uh, they have the same racket running over there, probably 10 times worse than here in the U.S. Um, they have the same racket running. Okay. They've been fighting all of this. In the midst of all of this comes this virus story. This country has been in total lockdown for 70 continuous days. The, the population is under threat from its own government. And people, if you think that isn't coming here to the U.S., you need to think again. Because what we are watching happening in Australia is on its way here. So you think about that when you go, oh, well, it isn't that bad. And, and, I, and you whiners and criers, take a hike. I don't have time for it. Anyway, our guest tonight, our primary guest, of course, and she was on our panel with the summit this year um, from Australia, talking guardianship, is Chris, and she runs the Australian Association to Stop Guardian Abuse. And Chris, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Marty. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, well, good afternoon, good evening. I think I mean it's morning here, so yeah. I do lose. I'm losing track of time. Being locked up, and I've been locked up <laughs> nearly a year. Um, I'm oh, uh, look. I as as many know, I um, look. I just deal basically with guardianship issues, but I today decided to speak out. Um, Privately, this is these are my opinions, and they're not uh, Asgar's opinions. We um, have many members in our group that are, you know, pro-vax, and that's fine. I'm pro-choice. I believe people should uh, research, should uh, come to an informed decision, and make their decisions what they believe are in their interests. It's their life. I always look at issues from a human rights perspective. We have seven treaties that we've signed up in this country. Um, they've all gone in, in, you know, down the toilet in the last um, two years. Um, we, I'm in Melbourne, Victoria, which is the epicentre of all this lockdown and COVID, um, um, uh, these COVID issues. Um, I have had close friends and family who have caught uh, or been tested positive for COVID. So I can speak uh, regarding the that they're in look. It's a respiratory virus. There is a respiratory virus. Uh, I do believe that um, I do too have some suspicions in regards to um, some of the deaths that we are seeing in nursing homes and in group homes. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, today, um, my views on guardianship obviously will be reflecting 
uh, ASGAR policy and uh, our members. Um, but my views in regards to what I'm seeing in Melbourne are my views and I believe very concerning what is happening here. We have been... Look, uh, look how do I explain this without without sort of uh, getting in trouble. Um, my husband today, for instance, told me he did not want me to appear on the show today. He loves you, Marty. He loves everything you do. Um, but he's concerned. A lot of people are concerned speaking out. Yes. And the way I see it, if we are so frightened, speak out about what we are witnessing here in Melbourne particularly, um, we've lost our human rights. I always, always default to our human rights. Human rights were created for a reason after the war where we saw our the executive arm of government abuse its citizens. This is not the first time. We look at the Ukraine, the Holodomor, we look at what happened in, um, in Nazi Germany, we look at Pol Pot, we look at all these. Governments do and can abuse their citizens and human rights were created to protect us to give us a voice, to restore a balance, to restore that imbalance. And I'm sorry, but um, both both our government in Victoria, our Daniel Andrews government and the opposition, both of them ineffective or abusive. And the, the Victorian people are suffering. I, as you know, I haven't been as active on social media um, in the last two months because uh, our group has privately then we receive at least 10 to 15 calls or emails a day from vulnerable people. I received one yesterday, uh, a gentleman that's actually trapped in a nursing home. He went in for respite and he just can't get out. And we're seeing a lot of these cases. And it's, it's becoming more and more apparent under these lockdown conditions that guardianship has increased. And it's really concerning me from that perspective. Um, my personal views on COVID, and, and I, I never look. I, I agree to some extent that um, I do believe that there is a respiratory virus. Respiratory viruses are very common. Um, I believe, though, the actions of our government have been disproportionate to this so-called virus. Now, um, the way I see it is, there are cancers, there are heart attacks, there are road accidents. Far more people are dying. Yet we haven't stopped the economy for those. And there were least restrictive methods that our governments could have adopted. Now, if people want to be vaccinated, that's fine. That's your choice. That is not happening here in Australia. There is a gun to our head. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of and seen the footage. We have protests that have uh, occurred in Melbourne. Uh, I'm absolutely mortified with what's actually happened to these protesters. We are unarmed in, in Australia. In general, the population does not have weapons. We do not, have, we do not carry guns. We are not a, to actually um, obtain a gun licence. You need uh, a reason to have a gun, a farmer, or, or it's, it's part of your profession. So I cannot just go down the road and purchase a gun. So we have... You know, to think, Marty, unarmed Australians are fleeing from the police, firing rubber bullets should shock everybody. One day those bullets, you know, will turn out to be live bullets. And to actually witness this, to actually see this happening in beautiful Victoria, our, our, our country, our state is beautiful. It, the people are lovely. 
you know, peace-loving people, um, for us to protest, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. We have been effectively locked down, I think, just under a year on and off. Um, we are now um, enduring the harshest lockdown in the last, I think it's been 73 days in Victoria. Uh, the viruses or the, the caseloads have increased. So whilst I'm pro-choice in vaccinations, that's your choice, that's, that's your right. I have become, um, I am anti-lockdown. It doesn't work. It is causing, um, there's skyrocketing suicide rates, mental health, people are in fear of their jobs. Today we have, um, today's the last day, uh, people have to be vaccinated if they don't. Uh, if they're not vaccinated in Victoria, um, they will lose their job. I mean, that's placing a literal, not a literal gun, but it's coercion. It is placing people in a position where they don't have any say. And that is against every, um, that is, that's against the Nuremberg Code, Article 1. Right. I mean, we're seeing human rights here. No one has the right to torture you, Marty. We're all equal before right. the law. Everyone should be innocent. I mean, you should have the right to travel interstate. That has been removed here. Um, we, Same here. We, we are really, really suffering. And, and, you know, you should be able to speak freely, freely. I should be able to talk to you now without the fear of the police knocking on my door, charging me for incitement. I mean, I think it's really, really concerning what is happening. Not concerning, frightening. Um, you know, yes. we... we we are a peace-loving people, and I, to, to watch this, in particularly Melbourne, and why I say Melbourne, I speak to many advocates all over Australia in regards to guardianship. They are not in Queensland, for instance, and in, in other states. They have not endured what we have endured in Victoria. It has been, I'm in, I'm in my bedroom, my kids are in the other room studying, there's homeschooling, we cannot travel 15 kilometres from our home. I want people to think about that. We were not allowed to go out to exercise, only two hours on our own, okay? We cannot go to work without a permit. I mean, this is what's happening here. Um, contactless outdoor recreation, playgrounds were shut down, Marty, playgrounds. You cannot go to a restaurant to sit down. You cannot get your hair cut anymore, okay? Um, you, need, you have six reasons to leave your home. You can go and visit your, if you're a carer, somebody you're caring, but you cannot visit your mother or father. You can leave your home to get vaccinated and you can leave your home to go shopping in a shopping centre that is full of people, but I cannot go and visit my mother in a nursing home. It is bizarre. Real estate, everything is shut down. Child minding has shut down. In Victoria, for the past 70 plus days, we cannot leave home after nine o'clock. Everything has shut down. It's the end of the world here in, in, in regards yes. to... I remember a quote by Ava Gardner. She came... Um, she, she filmed a, um, a movie uh, in, in Melbourne in 1956, I think, and she, um, she came, rocked up in Melbourne and said, this is the end of the world. And I thought, well, we're back there. We're back to that, that, that state where, you know, nine o'clock yeah. curfews, 
work permits to go. I mean, I had the police stop me the other day when I went to work. Can I see your permit? It was surreal, Marty. It was yeah. surreal. And I said to myself, this has got nothing to do with a vaccine. This has got to do with control, no. where I'm yes. going. Yes. QR codes. We have a Q- do you have the QR codes? In um, oh. I don't I I've never I refuse to use them. So we have a barcode. Whenever we go into a shop, we have to um, download or, or, or note, you know use this QR code. I, I sign in. You use a QR code. It's a barcode where you go. So every movement is being tracked at the moment. Um, and I just think this is crazy. No gyms, no hospitals, no hairdressing, only some retail that we're seeing. And this is why people are sort of, many people in Victoria, they've just, you know, we're exhausted. And now, and right. now they're trialling, and this is going to come to, uh, this is this has been, I believe we're a test case here in, in, in Melbourne. It's called a vaccinated yes. economy. So they have yes. chosen, I think, 20, 20 towns in Victoria and only vaccinated people uh, can enter these stores, hairdressers, anything. So you're being locked out. We're being locked out if we're not vaccinated. I mean, this should horrify, this should horrify everybody to see that, that this is actually happening. Now, your opinion on COVID, whether it's real or not, or the vaccine, one thing we do know, one thing we do know, you can be vaccinated and you can still, ca- you can still catch COVID, carry COVID yep. and transmit COVID. So it's, it's a, yeah. I see it as it doesn't prevent any virus. If this was a preventatory, and these are my opinions, if it prevented uh, COVID, I'd probably be the first one in line. But it doesn't do anything. So to me, there's no point. Um, uh, you know, taking a vaccine if it doesn't do anything. I'm more for there's a rapid testing. So they have these little rapid tests which are not available in Australia. They should be. They're coming soon. Look, I think there's there's a saliva test and if you don't have COVID, well, that's fine. Okay. You can still open up the economy. You can still see your mum. You're not jabbing yourself with anything. No one would object to it. There were other measures that they could have taken rather than a snap shut down, shut everything. We are seeing businesses ruined. People are losing jobs. In yes. the last four weeks, 150,000 people in Melbourne lost their jobs. They lost their jobs. Oh, my God. This is the economic, the economic turmoil. We are in a depression. The economic turmoil that this has created, I look at it and I think this is disproportionate to saving, it's almost like we're burning the village to save the village. Yes, and it's just bizarre. well, Chris, and that's that's that, that's the thing. They are destroying the economies. People are out of work. Uh, New York tried uh, under the governor up there doing this. Uh, unless you have a vaccine certificate, you can't do this and you can't do that, and blah blah blah. And people are standing up and fighting back. Uh, this is absolutely. This this has nothing to do, and this is what I keep telling people, it has nothing to do with some suspected virus. This is, a, this is an overthrow. This is discarding every freedom we have. This is discarding our, our right to travel freely without being accosted by government thugs, by having to show your papers. Um, this, this is an attack on the populations. When this first started, Chris, remember, 
they closed down every small business, every mom and pop store, every independent franchise. They closed it down. But Target and Walmart and Home Depot and all these big stores that get hundreds of customers a day were allowed to stay open. Now, I'm sorry, what's wrong with this picture? Those should have been the ones that were shut down, but mm. no. And but but we lost. They estimate now somewhere around eighty thousand small businesses across the country, and that number is growing by the day. That's who got run out of business. Mm. They want rid of independent business owners, family businesses, things that are not under corporate control, and none of this has anything to do with any supposed virus. That's simply the weapon they are employing to do it. And quickly here, before we go any further, we've got a caller. Uh, we're going to take him. Uh, Joe, you had a comment you wanted to make. Yeah, I pity the people in Australia because they are the canary in the go, uh, in the um, coal mine. You guys, um, yeah. unfortunately, are the model for the rest of the world. Whatever happens yes. to Australia will be spread out throughout the rest of the world. It will be coming yep. here to the United States, which is bad enough. But in Australia, you guys yep. are getting beat up by standing up. I have to say that yep. your long, uh, not longshoremen, is it longshoremen? Uh, your truckers are a brave yep. people. But they're getting beat by the police, but they're still standing up, which is a good sign. But I'm hoping that the um, Australians do fight back. Does, does your Constitution resemble ours in terms of, of uh, no, freedom no. to carry guns? No, no, we don't have that right. No, we don't have that right. We don't have uh, we don't have a Bill of Rights in Australia. So I think that's that we do need a Bill of Rights in Australia. We in Australia we have signed up to seven. Um, conventions and treaties and our human rights lawyers are missing in action at the moment possibly because they're the only ones employed and have a, have a regular income because no one else seems to have one um, I think that we, we have a real the reason why I'm speaking out today and this is my private thoughts it ties in with guardianship. I feel our country has been guardianised in a, in a, in a, at a bigger sort of at, oh, at a top wow. level um, we have a corruption problem in this country at a federal level. There's no doubt at a federal level with our current government, in my opinion, and at a state level with the various governments. I'm currently dealing with various departments and I'm absolutely mortified how these departments can ignore evidence, act in any way they see fit, and they, and they are actually getting away with it. We do have currently... Um, some some good news in terms of guardianship because there are some people in at a, at a higher level that are looking at these issues seriously and that's good and there are members of the media that are um, certain journalists who are tackling the abuses in guardianship but in terms of what's happening with COVID um, I have family members that have tested positive for this virus I have watched them and one particular member was quite ill as you would expect with a respiratory virus. Respiratory viruses, as the doctor explained to us, are very common and the effects are similar to what you would see, the chills, the headaches. Now, if you are vulnerable, if you are a vulnerable person, of course those symptoms will be 
far worse and that person needs to be cared for. But what I did see with one of our members, and I can't say names, we've had a death, we've had a few deaths actually. And um, interestingly, these deaths were, the, the individuals tested positive for COVID, they were transported to hospital, they were placed on ventilators, morphine and various other medications and they died and they were labelled a COVID death. The questions that I've always had is, did they die of COVID or were they, did they die of the ventilators or did they die of the morphine? Um, they were labelled COVID deaths um, on their death certificates, which for me, I'm not making any assumptions one way or the other, but we are seeing people in nursing homes. We are seeing people... Um, and, and look, I, and, and I'm not here to, to, to play that COVID card. People can believe the virus and they don't. There is, There will always be viruses, but I remember last year, James Merlino, he's the education minister here in Victoria, he said something in one of the conferences that really stood out. He said, we need to mine this gold. In other words, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Why would you say that? Why would you make such a, a comment? Because governments, even, in, even in, a, in a normal flu season, will take advantage of a situation. Now, we're primed for it, Marty. If you look at all the factors here, all of them, today, or yesterday, I think, we have a, a vaccine called AstraZeneca. I'm not sure if they call it AstraZeneca in, in America. They are yeah. stopping the production of AstraZeneca because now they realise people are dying from heart failure, people are dying yes. from blood clots, people are dying from all these... We've had millions of people who have taken that shot already. So yes. my concerns are people are being forced against their will and this is where I'm, what I'm against. If people want to take the vaccine, that's their choice. That's their informed choice. As long as they're aware of their um, rights, we're not. That's not what's happening in Australia. We are being. Do you forced. have that right in Australia? Does the government no, give you the right we, to have the choice of what's going into your body if it's mandated by the, lose, uh, by the government? In Victoria, you will lose your job. You will lose your job today if you're not vaccinated. If you do not, there's an order. It's not the law. It's an it's an order by the chief health officer who seems to have an unelected official who has this absolute power, similar to Fauci, has this absolute power to tell us what we can and what we can't do. And if uh, certain areas like construction... Sorry? Does the law back you up? Well, I was on the phone yesterday to various legal departments and COVID lines and they're very vague. They're very, um, uh, they're very vague in answering that question. Under the law, uh, an edict... See, what they've done is they're quite smart. Under human rights, the Human Rights Code can be suspended in Australia under a state of emergency. Oh. Now, what our state government has done here in the last 20-plus months is suspended... Okay, our rights. So the state of emergency is in play, which allows governments to do what they do. Now, what many don't realise is under the uh, Convention for Cruelty and Inhumane Treatment, I think it's Article 2, you cannot suspend 
human rights when it comes to vaccines. But no one really has raised this in the media. Um, we have also human rights that we've signed up to. They're all suspended at the moment. So whilst we're under this state of suspension, and apparently our Premier in Victoria, he wants a permanent stay of suspension, a permanent, a permanent law to suspend and put us in a state of emergency in perpetuity. This is bizarre. This is scary. This is absolutely... Um, you know, mind-boggling. And we also have changes to the Biosecurity Act as well, that if we don't comply, we can have, you know, the police rock up at our door, kick down our door and forcibly do what they please. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening yes. in Victoria mainly. Now, it's not happening in other states. So when I speak to other advocates, and I don't mean to get angry with them, because I'm living this nightmare with other Victorians at the moment. We are exhausted. Um, I am anti-lockdown. I don't think they work. I'm pro, I, I, like I said, I'm pro-choice. When, when it comes to uh, vaccines, people have that decision. Um, I don't. Uh, I, I know there are respiratory viruses, but I do believe the actions of our um, governments have been wildly disproportionate to, to the risks. And I always say, you know, we're burning the village to save it. Um, that's I'm my afraid, concern, and I I'm see afraid it often. Um, I'm afraid your country has no choice but to rise up with uh, with armaments, get arms, because from what you're telling me, the law doesn't back you up, except for maybe that particular article that you were talking about that doesn't suspend vac uh, vaccines, but you don't have any other law, not in your constitution, probably not in Victoria's, um, uh, I guess, provincial constitution, that protects your human rights against having no. something injected into your body by the government. Since you don't have that, the only option you have, since you can't go to the courts, since you don't have the laws to protect you, is to rise up with armaments. And since you don't have the freedom to carry arms, your, your country is in a very, very bad state of affairs. By even, by even me using the word rise up, I could be charged. Um, I'm not sure if footage was uh, reached you, Marty, and your audience in regards to what happened in Melbourne on the Westgate Bridge where uh, construction workers, um, there was yes. an issue in regards to the vaccines. Now, good, honest, hard-working people went to their union office to speak to the head of the union and they wanted the head of the union to walk with them. Walk with us, they told him. Walk with us and lead us and say, no, it's pro-choice. And he wouldn't do it. So they smashed his office. Okay? This is a union that <laughs> has hundreds that. of millions of That has millions of dollars, sorry, um, funded by members. And they just... they Look, it was anger, pure anger. And riots... Um, every, well, they weren't riots, sorry. Peaceful protests yeah. were um, organised yeah. day in, day in and day in. What happened, though, and we know this, there were infiltrators in these protests yes. to cause trouble, to make a lot of these good, honest, you know, people look like um, conspiracy theorists and, um, you know, yeah. nut jobs and whatever they want to call They called a lot of these 
good people and that's disgusting really because we're talking about good people who are fearing their jobs who don't want the vaccine who are prepared to do to take other least restrictive um, alternatives to keep working and provide for their families and are being told today and today's the d-day if they're not vaccinated they don't have a job and um, they obviously protested and what were they met with rubber bullets um, and and I was caught up in the melee. I was driving home with a member. Um, she, we, we went into the city that day uh, to visit um, uh, the hospital and we drove on the Westgate Bridge. Did I send you the footage, Marty? And we were on the yes. Westgate Bridge and we were, st- they, we were stopped. Stopped on the Westgate Bridge. I got out and I see these, you know, men, you know, you know like your dad, like your brother, like just ordinary guys fleeing and I'm thinking what are they fleeing and I see at least a hundred riot police with guns and they, it was quite frightening to be confronted by this and we're stuck we can't move all the cars are in a standstill and I froze Marty, and I see this these riot police come towards myself and Margaret so we, we see this riot police squad in front of us I'm screaming, run, run, get in, get in. So we're getting into our cars and they started shooting at us. We were shot at and people were just running all across the bridge. They were fleeing. They were quite smart, so they dispersed like water so they couldn't get, they weren't captured. And I froze and I didn't realise, but what happened was because I froze, all the cars behind me backed up. <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. Yeah. So everyone managed, a lot of people managed to escape. And I just sat there thinking, do I move? Will I be shot if I drive forward? Yeah. And I just, we just had to go. And I just turned to, you know, my friend and I said, this might be the last day on, on earth for us. And, and, and we're just yeah. looking at each other thinking, what has happened to our beautiful city? Where, where, right. where has this, what is, what is happening here when this militia is walking in the middle of this, we can't protest anymore. And that is a, a God-given right. right to have. Now, I don't agree with every protest. I'll be honest with you. There are some really protests I would not even worry about, but they have the right to protest. You don't have to agree right. with a protest, but people have the right to peacefully assemble. You have a man in the street walking with his girlfriend, eating a hot dog or a savlaki, and the police grab him, throw him to the ground, and arrest him. You have another lady, a 70-year-old lady, just at the protest in Richmond, and police have pepper sprayed her. Now, not all the police agree with what's happening and, and, uh, and I praise the police that have spoken out against this because I know many of my friends are police officers and they're shaking their heads and, they, and, and our police are not like that, okay? This seems to be a specific unit, a different unit, a different... Yeah. I don't know who they are, but they are... They just... It seems foreign to me. It just seems quite... Well, um, I don't know. I don't know who they are. Chris, when when we had the riots up in Minneapolis, St. Paul, behind George Floyd's death, uh, when you talk about infiltrators, they always send them in. Rent a crowd out of um, Denver uh, will hire people and send them in. 
and their job is to create chaos where there is none. And these are the people, it's just like when that started, the first window broken and the first fire set, it was caught on video, was a Minneapolis police officer. And they do this. And what bothers me in all of this, and I get asked this question constantly, do I think our police departments and or our military will turn on us? And considering recent world events, I would say yes, they will. Um, I, I don't understand it. What is happening to us is going to happen to them too. They are not going to be exempt from it. And so... When, when I see these things happen, these infiltrators here, they talk about it's Antifa, it's this far leftist group. Get off of that left versus right thing. It's us against them and us is All losing. Always agree, agree. Yes, and it just, mm-hmm. uh, Antifa actually is, is non-existent. It is a group of hired people who come in under that flag and cause trouble and all oh, of this kind of stuff. And then the me. news blasts mm-hmm. it all over the place. And... Um, but the, the idea of being shot at by the police for exercising your right to protest and peaceful mm. protesting, see, that that's the last thing they want. They don't want a peaceful protest. This is why infiltrators are sent in to stir things up um, because they, they, they don't want you peacefully protesting. They want to make, make it look like you've lost your mind and you're out there destroying things and tearing things up. They're going to send in their yeah. federal troops, just like they're going to do it here. Yes. Yes. And they are going to do that. Um, if you think they're not, uh, you, you're living in a bubble. Uh, I've talked to various oh, military oh. people here, retired military, and I said, do you, you know, do you think our military would turn on us? And almost without exception, they'll say, well, if it was 15, 20 years ago, I'd say, hell no. But considering things today, and some of them talked about the programming that the troops are being subjected to, to allow this to happen. And I don't doubt that for a minute. But um, the enemy is inside the gate. Don't worry about foreign terrorists, because the terrorists you need to fear are sitting in your government offices, and I firmly believe that. But anyway, go ahead on, Chris. If I didn't see what I saw on the Westgate Bridge, um, if I didn't see what I saw and if Mars didn't see what we saw, I would I would just say, look, tinfoil hat stuff, I saw it. I saw yeah. it live. I saw 100-plus officers in black. This, this was... This was not our police force. Um, I know and I deal with the police in my business all the time. They come into my business. We've got cameras in the street. I have a beautiful relationship with the police. I have friends that are police officers. You know, normal people, nothing to do with any of this. This is different. This is, this is. look, if this was just about COVID and a vaccine... Now, we've had this discussion in our group privately, Okay. Um, we, um, one of one of our members, and rightly they have this right. They said, look, you know, we're in a serious time at the moment. Um, people are, are very sick. Uh, uh, they need. We need to, you know, it's not the right time to protest. But my argument's always been the protest is about the fact that they disagree with the policy about protesting. They and they have that right. So we, we I always come back to human rights. And human rights, 
uh, are being violated. And that, that's, that is the concern that I have. If we have signed up to these seven treaties, why do I need to be intimidated and coerced into government policy. I should have rights, and the reality is in Australia, we do not have a Bill of Rights. We do have a constitution that is limited at a federal level. Our federal government here, Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister, on one hand, and this is where it becomes really, it just angers me. You have a Prime Minister who has clearly stated that um, we will not force uh, it's, he's pro-choice and, you know, he does not believe in mandatory vaccinations, which is, you know, he's trying to appear as if he's the good guy, which is, I don't believe he is. Um, and then you have state leaders and it's irrespective of your politics. My politics have always been central, a little bit left, but I'm a libertarian in terms of my, my political ideology. I believe in freedoms, very much so. I believe in freedom of choice. I believe in freedom... To have an opinion. I believe in the right to speak uh, freely as long as it's not defamatory. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And yet we are being told, and that my, when my husband said to me over the, called me up and said, I'm really worried about you speaking out on this particular issue, that made me more sort of determined to speak out because I said to my husband, we shouldn't fear our governments. They should fear us. We right. shouldn't fear them. We should be able to stand up. And considering what I've seen in guardianship and what we all have seen in guardianship, I said to my husband, they're guardianising the whole country. So they've targeted all these individuals. We're just seeing this at, at a bigger level. And it's, it's not right. You yes. don't have to agree with everyone. We have a wide range of opinions in Afghan. I love it. I love people who are very pro-vax and very anti lockdown and all pro-lockdown and I've got, we've got the other extreme and that's okay it's good to have a variety of opinions because at some point we all tend to get to the middle and agree and that's wonderful right. it's not this extreme one way or the other but when you have people forcing you um, that you will lose your job if you um, don't uh, you do not submit to the government's will that if a business owner I am a business owner and I have this absolute power now to forcibly um, sack people if they don't, do not get vaccinated. I will not do that. I think that's an imbalance of power. I think it's wrong. I should not have been given that power to do that to anyone. People need their jobs. People need to live. People need to eat. It's just immoral. It's, it's an immoral position and if you're a sociopath, and we know there are many out there, they would be loving this power. They would be absolutely enjoying terrorising people. And look, we're not going to get back our freedoms. We've, we've been given a roadmap in Australia, a roadmap. So we have targets now. Our premiers are fighting for targets. So once 80% of people... Uh, have uh, received, I think, the first dose of either vaccine that we've been offered. You can go and play basketball and golf and tennis outdoors, but limited. And you may be allowed to have oh. a picnic. So, we've, yeah, so, oh. so this, just to give you an idea what we're facing, um, school will reopen, um, I think, next week. 
and uh, only I think select classes are allowed to go back. I think preps are allowed to go back only three days a week, and the children have to be masked. I find this bizarre, but anyway, um, yeah. once we reach seventy percent double jabbed. So they've got targets. Someone has set a target here. Um, we can. Re- there will be no curfew at night because the va- apparently COVID is really, really dangerous after nine o'clock at night here in Victoria. <laughs> you are allowed to uh, gather with only ten people. Ten vaccinated yes. people can gather. No more than ten people oh. can gather outside. You can go to the clubs, pubs, entertainment, but they can only have fifty vaccinated people. Uh, funerals, oh. and we recently had a friend of ours pass away. Imagine watching a Zoom funeral. It was appalling, really. Only twenty people can attend a funeral. And they have to be vaccinated. And a wedding, because weddings are banned at the moment. You're not allowed to have a wedding at the moment, Marty. Um, oh, because, my God. You know, COVID doesn't like... Yeah, yeah, no, COVID doesn't like marriages. Um, so 50 oh. uh, fully vaccinated people outside and weddings for t- 50 fully vaccinated people. I mean, this is ridiculous. If you're vaccinated... I would assume that it's okay. I don't know how it works. I feel sorry for people who have been vaccinated, who believe that they've done the right thing and they've complied with all this and they still have these limitations, let alone us who have not been vaccinated. Um, so you've, hairdressing, if you're not um, vaccinated, you cannot get your hair cut in Victoria. Um, at 80%, um, then we can travel, I think, if because we're not reaching these targets. There's, a, there's resistance here. Um, you're encouraged still to work from home um, and only if you're vaccinated can you return back to work. Now, this is interesting. Retail opens, but there's, they're very vague on this vaccination. Um, once we receive, once we obtain an 80% double jabbed um, target, weddings and funerals can recommence, but only 150 people can attend. Okay, and that's indoors and 500 outdoors. So I don't see us ever getting back to pre-COVID freedoms. I don't see it. It says here at 80% double jabbed for 12-year-olds, once we receive, um, you know, an 80% target rate, uh, we can have 30 visitors at home for Christmas. Oh. 30 visitors, so oh. you, can't, you can't have a party. Now, I don't know when this is all going to end. When are we going to wake up when we're all vaccinated? So let's assume all of us are vaccinated in Victoria. Will we ever, ever get our freedoms back? Because I don't see it on this roadmap. And it, it is concerning because we've, we have a Premier now who is attempting to suspend or put us in a perpetual state of emergency. And that is, to me, a very concerning... Uh, and as, as, as a Victorian, I should have the right to be concerned about this. But, you know, I, I'm concerned by speaking out. We'll, we'll have these, you know, I, you know, people can be arrested. And we shouldn't live in fear. And that's my point. We, sh- we, are, we are adults. We should have the right to speak. We should have the right to disagree. And, and people do disagree, and that's good. It, you know, discussion is healthy, but we have no human rights. And it is so, I believe, because we don't have a Bill of Rights in Australia, and this is my personal opinion, we're almost like, a, we're like, you know, a laboratory. We're the, we're, the, we're, the, we're the test case. 
let's try it in Australia and let's see how far we go. Well, you know something, there was that Pfizer whistleblower who came out and she said she worked at at Pfizer and and inspected uh, vaccines and she said that these, their vaccine (coughs) contains toxic luciferase, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and graphene oxide compounds. Graphene oxide was also loaded into the masks. And graphene oxide um, can cause cancer and many times does exposure to it. And it attacks the lungs. And you talked about people going in the hospital and they put them on ventilators. Uh, An epidemiologist, microbiologist that I was or still am in connection with, um, said to me yes, when I asked him, why, why would they do this, put people on ventilators? And he said, to kill them. And I said, what? And he said, when you take a lung infection that's impacted the lung, and the lung is full of mucus and infection, whatever, and you force air into it, he said, they explode the lung, the person dies. There's no outward sign of injury. Mm-hmm. He said, collect your money. And... The other thing is morphine. Now, we see morphine used routinely by hospice uh, to euthanize people. Morphine, Haldol, and Ativan in combination. It's Haldol, Ativan, morphine. They call it a ham sandwich. Isn't that cute? And, but they, when they come in with the kill shot, it is a massive dose of morphine. And the reason for that is morphine interferes with lung function. The longer you're on it, the more it affects the functioning of the lungs and slows them down. And then, like in hospice mm-hmm. patients, there at the end, they start gasping and grasping for air, and that's the morphine shutting that lung off. But this, as you said, we're exposed to viral infections all the time, respiratory infections. Uh, the CDC yes, this right. year yes. is not collecting uh, flu stats because everything's being mm-hmm. reclaimed as, mm-hmm. as COVID. Uh, we see this going on across the country, as, in fact, globally. But the target seems to be people over 60 or people who are chronically ill. Something in all of this is taking these people out at a tremendous rate. And they are lying to us about the stats on that. That's already been proven there. Again, another whistleblower came out from the CDC and said the death from all of this is actually around, from the jabs, is around 200,000. But you're not supposed to know that. But most of them are over 60. And, but this is, people need to understand if we don't win this battle, if we don't push back against these corrupt governments, the life we are going to be living, in my estimation, won't be worth living. I refuse to live caged like an animal. I refuse. And Mm. to be forced to take something into my body. Yes, that can more than likely disobeying. Yes, more than likely. Oh, I just can't. I get so upset talking about this. I really do. And I like what you said about people who disagree with you. Uh, people, I'll be talking to people, Chris, and they'll say, "Well, you know, I don't don't get mad, but you know, I have a different. Why would I get mad if I only talk to people who agreed with me?" I'd get bored to tears. I want to hear something yes. different. I want to hear what you think, why you yes. think. Uh, otherwise, you know, I, I can listen to me talk all day long. I don't need to pick up the phone and call you if you agree with everything I say. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it just. Yes, uh, I know. Uh, you, I know. Yeah. You, you've got to it's have these different opinions. Yeah, I think, you know, what, what I see, and we've ag- we agree on this, and we all do actually in Asgard, um, it comes down to trust. From my perspective, I did trust my government. I, pre-2015, um, I had to take off those road-tinted glasses and really look at what was going on because I've never had an interaction with my government. I'm just this... I always say this boring accountant, you know, looking after her kids and, you know, a mum and everything else. And was was more or less my sister and I were thrown into the guardianship arena. And it mm-hmm. really opened my eyes regarding trust and government. And I don't trust my government, okay? I don't trust right. my state government. I don't trust my federal government. I want to be left alone, um, uh, I am seeing the same, well, I'm, I'm looking at it from the same, because I see we have a, a very, I wouldn't say generous, but we have a social security system here that does look after, um, that should look after vulnerable people, but it's a cost to the state. And what I'm seeing time and time again, uh, vulnerable people uh, with just Down syndrome that could live uh, or non-verbal individuals and, and families contacting me who are being isolated for no reason. The families have done absolutely nothing wrong. There is no evidence of abuse. And these young, often young adults are placed into group facilities, isolated from their families, and their lifespan is shortened for whatever reason. Right. And their lifespan insured, which is a saving to our government because a lot mm-hmm. of these um, young adults and, and their carers are on pensions. So I do believe with what I've seen in the past six years, there is a, a system in play to save our government's money. I have told journalists, I think a lot of journalists, journalists look at me and think, oh, come on, Chris, you know, this is madness. But when you look at the money. I always tell people follow the money, then make an informed choice. Okay? Follow the money. Now, when we look at vaccines, this is a business. Okay? So, this is a very profitable business. Okay? And it serves a lot of functions as well in terms of when it comes to vulnerable people. I still believe that why would you want to force people if they don't want to be vaccinated and they have assessed the risk, they should be allowed to make that choice, okay? By forcing people, it just gets my back up and it makes me more suspicious why they're doing this, right? Um, So Mm -hmm. I don't like that because it's a human rights violation and I always go back to the human rights. Now, when it comes to our governments in guardianship, um, I have been busy in the last... A uh, couple of months, we've had some really great articles uh, exposing guardianship. We've posted that on our Facebook page, as you've seen. But we've had a lot of private callers calling us as well, telling us their experiences. And we're seeing this more and more, Marty. And guardianship and control, all of this ties in together. Do you see how it all ties in? Because I'm looking yes, at this at the yes. bigger picture. Okay? This is, yep. When we talk about guardianship, that's at a micro level. So we discuss this at a really, at a level that's personal to families, okay, and what they're enduring. 
But you and I look at it from a top end. What, what is the government's incentive here to guardianise a victim? They either save money from that victim from taking over the decision-making right. human rights of that person, or they make money, okay? And it's no different to this whole, you know, totalitarian, and I call it that. We are living in a totalitarian... Well, it's not a democracy state at the moment. We're in, a, we're in Victoria. It's, yeah. it's a prison a prison state, okay? Wow. We can't leave to go to the country. So we are living in that, I, I always say, the state has been guardianised. I mean, as a joke, I said to someone, I, I could get arrested for saying this on air, but I wanted to guardianise the Premier. I thought, he doesn't look really well. He's showing some executive dysfunction. Perhaps I should put well, in an well, application. Well, uh, um, you can imagine me being arrested. <laughs> Yes. You can imagine I'll have the file police knocking at my door. File a petition well, file to guardianise the, 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 yeah, the Prime Minister of Australia. Is threat to himself, is the threat to himself <laughs> and those around you? And, and, and psychiatric assessment. <laughs> Yes. Um, I can see. Yes. I can see me having a nice visit, um, but it really, when you, I mean, we joke about it, but when you look at the behaviours of some of our leaders, in particularly federally, we have, and now we have a corruption probe in Victoria. People should be arrested for some of the. I mean, if these allegations, and they are allegations at the moment. That are, that are coming to light are actually can be verified. People should be in jail. They shouldn't be standing down. And federally, we have a real problem as well. So I just, I look at our system. We are so over-governed and we have such legend, yeah. so many laws in this country, in Australia. I don't even know if I'm breaking the law anymore because there's just so much yeah. over-governance. This it's is overreach into our private lives. And, um, you know, 300 days plus in lockdown, 74 plus days at the moment in Melbourne, um, you know, being arrested for protesting. Um, and interestingly, you're going to laugh at this, Marty, there are some exemptions. There are some exemptions oh, okay. to the vaccination that were issued two days ago. Commonwealth, the Commonwealth politicians are exempt from being vaccinated. Oh. Uh, the judges oh. in Victoria apparently are exempt. Our tribunal members are exempt. They have an exemption. Oh. And I think the police have an exemption. So I'm wondering why we're all being forced when, you know, these inconsistencies and these, um, uh, you know, ex exemptions yeah. are being handed out to other, other groups and not us. And it's the, just bizarre. And the big and the big question is, if this vaccine is so necessary and everybody must have it, wouldn't they be the first to step up and get it? Uh, you know, if you, you stand the risk of dying, if you don't get it, uh, have you goodness. been in the courtroom? Have you seen how many people go in and out? So how how is it that our um, – and I'm not criticising it because – that's the rule that the Chief Justice has made, and that's his right, okay? But why are certain, why are Commonwealth politicians, okay, exempt? They, they can make a choice, but the average Australian cannot. I'm really, it's, to me, what I see, and it's really upsetting, is two-tier justice. There's a, a justice system that's operating 
across average Australians. And then there's another uh-huh. justice system that's operating at a top level. And I'll, and I'll add to that. I have been in a, I'd say, a legal battle with the, the Legal Services Commission here regarding our loved one um, and um, powers of attorney and legal documents signed up um, whilst proceedings were on foot. Okay, so the proceedings were mm-hmm. on foot. And behind our back, this law firm decided, well, you know what, we're going to try and remove these liens. And, well, you know, there was an action and an intent. And I complained. And that process went for three years. And two weeks ago, I received a letter. We're shutting the file. Thank you very much. We're not investigating anymore. Oh, my God. Okay? That's the justice that I'm seeing. So I've seen this firsthand. If this is... (laughs) What can happen when you can... We don't have a complaints process in this country. We have departments where you can complain to, but it's all self-review. It's all self-investigation. It's all, um, (laughs) you know, it's all this... There's no separation of powers whatsoever in this whole system, and we're seeing it more and more. So my distrust of anything my so-called premiers or... Uh, Prime Minister says, I I have a distrust. I don't trust them anymore. And when you don't trust your own leaders, we have a problem. And it's not just me, Marty. We speak about it in our group. You know, Chris comes on as well, and he's he's vaccinated. He's he's pro-vaccine, and that's fine, and I respect that. But he still says, I don't trust. And from my perspective, I don't trust. You have Mia. um, She's very much against um, any form of coercion. And um, she's pro-choice, but she she is very much, she says hello, she's very much against uh, people being forced um, uh, in terms of vaccinations. And look, I'm pro-choice as well. I I personally think that this is a, a decision that should be left to the individual to assess their own circumstances. And um, no one should be criticised either way, whatever they do. But I do strongly recommend people follow the money, look at the advantage your government has here, and really question, if you're being coerced, why am I being coerced? (laughs) And why are the politicians exempt? Right. Our Commonwealth politicians are exempt. It see, we had this big ruckus here over the last week about Biden supposedly issuing a vaccine mandate, mandatory. Everybody had to add the vaccine. And, of course, I went to find the executive order, which he has no right to issue. Uh, it, it, when they issue executive orders, they are speaking for the corporate government. When they um, uh, speak as your president, they're following the law and the Constitution. And they will tell you which capacity they're speaking in. But he has no authority to issue any such uh, mandate. And turns out, I went to the Federal Register looking for this executive order. It had to be listed there. There wasn't none. And then I finally find what turns out to be a memo that um, uh, applies only to federal workers, uh, that they had to have the vaccine. But there is no employer, if you have 100 or more uh, employees, you, they have to be vaccinated. They're, that doesn't exist. This supposed executive order mandating vaccines across the country does not exist. It's never been issued. Now, in a speech mm-hmm. on September 9th, he referenced doing such a thing. 
but he has no authority. We have governors who stood up and said no, but no charges or lawsuits have been filed because there is no executive order. Um, this went out. It was picked up by all the mainstream media, blown out all over the place and blown out of proportion, and nobody bothered to do the research and actually find this thing and read it, and it's because it doesn't exist. <laughs> but we we are in the same position you are as far as our rights are being taken from us, uh, our ability to to just commingle with one another. You know, Chris, about six years ago up there in Minnesota where I lived, we had that tornado, F5, tore that town up. And, I mean, the destruction was absolutely astonishing. This was in the afternoon about 4 o'clock. At 1130 at night, the electricity came back on. And I thought, what? And it, it just bugged me. It just seemed so odd considering the amount of devastation we had. But I got to digging around, and I get to Homeland Security, and it talked about in the event of a natural disaster or any other uh, untoward event, the first thing to do that you know the states were ordered to do was to get the power restored so people's TVs and phones and stuff came back on. And the reason for this was the possibility of people coming out of their houses and talking to one another, uh, this is dangerous. We don't want this happening is basically mm-hmm. was the message. And this is what's happening here. They are separating the population. They they divided us on gender, men against women, on race, blacks against whites. They divided us on political levels, Republicans versus Democrats, liberals versus conservatives. They have divided us in every possible way. And then, of course, you have to throw religion in there, which makes a wonderful subdivision. But um, – this is the, the last thing of dividing the population against itself. So you're fighting each other yeah. instead of the person who is harming all of you or the entity that is harming all of you. Uh, this, to me, uh, you've got to give them credit. Uh, they, they've got this fine-tuned. But people have to let go of this, whether you think you're right or left or you think God sent the president or the free mayor or whomever. I don't care. I really just do not give a tinker's damn. They are destroying us. They are destroying our countries, our cultures. They are destroying everything in our lives. They are reducing us to chattel. We are commodified, as you said earlier, the 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 profiteering off of people of a certain age, and also the recouping of what they consider losses on dispensing with people they figure are useless. And basically that is governed by are you paying taxes and can we extort you anymore? If we can't, you've got to go. And this whole thing is – what I wonder, Chris, with all of these people, I you say 150,000 people lost their jobs just in this last week. What is it they think these people are going to do? I want to know what it is they think these people are going to do. I, I I don't think that I I believe well they've, they've put people they've weakened people they it's an imbalance of power now you've got employers picking the best um, employees that they want they are really well they call it thinning the herd but um, 
it's happening all over the it's happening everywhere it's not just happening in melbourne and i think there's a lady right. on, on on the line at the moment who'd like to speak to you from queensland and she can offer you the perspective what's happening in queensland i've offered the melbourne perspective which is the harshest perspective and um but she can offer you what's happening up in queensland and what they're seeing and we're speaking it's not I, as is sorry. she a 614 number uh, she might be um i'm not sure okay let me see who this is hi this sure. is marty apparently not um i've got another one here they didn't press the number one so it makes it difficult for me to uh oh, figure okay. out yeah yeah they, yeah, it's a six. Well, hang on, I got one more. Hang on. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Marty. Yes. Hello. hello. Hi. Hello. This is Hi. Hi, Hi. Marty. How Go are ahead. you? You good? I'm uh, doing yes, well. Yes, I'm in Queensland. <laughs> um, sorry, but I just had a little bit of trouble getting on. We've just had a big storm come through here. Oh um, no. Yes, in Queensland, it's been very different to other parts of Australia. Every state in Australia, it seems to have been a bit different. I'm actually in a regional Queensland area. Um, and Queensland, they have allowed football matches, grand finals, um, all sorts of sporting matches, yet they won't allow people across the border from New South Wales and other areas, other countries, to visit dying relatives. Oh my God! Did they allow people to go it's... to grand fi- grand finals and uh, other sporting events? Bread and circus. So remember, the Romans used it... bread and circus. They kept the people barely fed and entertained them, and that way they didn't complain so much um, about what was being done to them. And see, this is what we're seeing here. Uh, in both places there and here, uh, sports venues opening up. And you can go, oh, goodness, we get to go to our football game. Oh, please, get over it. But the entertainment yeah. value, how do you think sports got on TV? They're trying to entertain you, divert you, keep you uh, away from what's actually going on. And uh, well, it's back to the No, I'm again. sorry. It really is, Yes, yes, yes. And um, that's yeah. exactly it. Keep them entertained, and that way, you know, as long as they're fat and sassy off. and happy. Yeah. Kill them yep. off as well. Kill people off. Yes. Um, Throw them to the lions. The they didn't actually have uh, social media, phones, newspapers, any right. form of media. And so right. if you don't actually listen and have and access yourself to media, you don't really know what's going on because we don't really need to know. So therefore, these um, things we're having forced upon us uh, are not really relevant. Right. If they're actually really exactly. um, law, if they're actually law and, well, the people make the law, not the government, the people make the law, right. then uh, we would know what's going on. But if we don't right. know what's going on, uh, we can't be accountable for anything. It's well, and, you know, that's the thing. It used to be, uh, even 30 years ago, the government could lie to you about anything, and you believed it because you had no alternative. With the invention of the Internet, uh, one of these sites on the Internet that was put up with all these government documents and everything on it, they thought people were too lazy and too 
just disinterested to even see what was there. And instead, it has become one of the most highly trafficked areas on the web. People going in, reading legislation, doing this, doing that. Uh, many things have come out, and we find that the government has lied to us repeatedly. And they, it's like, oh, well, you caught us. Um, but see, all of this social yes, media I'm, I'm is on the one hand. You. Yep, the social media was created specifically to divert your attention and also track what you're thinking and talking about. That's why you have all those little emojis <coughs> on Facebook postings. Does it make you happy? Does it make you sad? And by the way, don't use the teardrop one because it'll drive whatever it is down in the rankings. But um, that's why what all that is for. And it is a way to try and control information. That, so that It used to be you only knew what they wanted you to know the way they wanted you to know it. But see, this Internet thing has changed everything. And people are researching, and people are looking at government documents and historical documents. And I think one of the biggest things uh, that people have discovered is all this crap we were taught in school about history bears very little resemblance to what actually happened. And yes, uh, one example, that, um, more recently, yes, yeah. yes. Sorry, yeah, it was. Oh, that's all right. It's like when the U.S. became involved in Vietnam, and it was all based on um, the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which it turns out never happened. Um, But they claimed one of our warships was attacked, and Johnson said it was by Egypt, and they were going to nuke Egypt to take over Mideast oil. Well, somebody let the cat out of the bag that it was to Egypt. And they said, oh, wait a minute. It was Vietnam. Vietnam is still such a poor country. They're lucky if they can afford a John boat. But somehow they launched an attack on a U.S. warship in the Gulf of Tonkin. Now, I'm sorry, but I just don't believe that happened. But anyway, we tore that country up. We've been tearing it up ever since. There is money in war. But this is what I'm saying. They tell us these stories of what is supposed to happen or have happened. And then we find out it used to be 30, 40, 50 years later, there was not a shred of truth in it. And today, see, it's bit them in the butt. On the one hand, all of this Internet and social networking and cell phones and uh, um, diverted you and kept your attention focused on nonsense. And on the other hand, it opened up Pandora's box because too many of us are actually researching and looking and gathering information and government documents of what actually transpired. This was not supposed to happen. This was a gross underestimate of the population at large. Um, You see better reporting out there by citizen journalists than you will ever see from professional journalists. You see more honest reporting. And, of course, they pick them off one by one. But this is, uh, you know, they, they have done everything they could to separate us from one another so that we don't have a sense of community. This last drive, this vaccine. Um, If you're not vaccinated, well, the the vaccinated people are the ones transmitting this Delta virus, which is just another mutation of whatever they had done to them. (laughs) And they can transmit it. And again, I ask. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, the important thing is actually 
to not really use that word vaccine because it's actually not a vaccine. It's a poison. It's a substance. It's not even um, in the definition of what a vaccine is for. So there's yeah, the illusion exactly. that people are, are getting something to for their health and well-being and to keep them safe. Yeah. But right. it's all an and if it, if, it works, if it works, dear, how come you have to have a second and a third shot and then mm-hmm. boosters and then they find out that the effects of the vaccine only last about four months? What the hell? Get the damn virus, get over it, and move on and go on about your business. That's what we do with the flu all the time. And, yes, some people do get sick, and some people do pass away. It happens. But whatever is happening here is, like I say, there is something being done to us that has nothing to do with this phantom virus. And it is affecting... Why aren't homeless people um, dying off? Why aren't um, people in these countries where they live... um, Head to tail because they're yeah. so cramped in yeah. in situations. Why aren't they dying off in such numbers? With yeah. this thing is exactly. um, so deadly. Well, and exactly, and that's what I said earlier. The only people that appear to be dying are in the hospital, nursing homes, prisons, jails, anywhere there is a captive population. And this is, uh, please, people, think about this rationally. Think about it rationally. They have admitted the vaccine is not a vaccine by definition. It is gene Mm -hmm. therapy. What is it you are changing and why? Um, All of this, I think, and if you think I'm wrong, I want you to say so, but all of this goes back to this digital currency, digital banking. You won't have cash, and Gates has said, you know, you'll be a virtual ATM. We will be able to uh, read your body processes, your breathing, your heart rate, all of that. And if we decide you said something we don't like, we're going to just shut you off. I'm telling you. Oh, technically that should be able to um, enable people to have good health and uh, a good life. But they're using it to yes. control in uh, a negative, yes. uh, deadly aspect. Yes, if it was used yeah. uh, for the benefit of um, good health, good life, happiness, all well and good, but it's not. It's yeah. to to kill off people. It's power control. Yes. All about well, money and they, they just the... uh, said that sixty percent of people hospitalized with this phantom virus are vaccinated. Then why are we vaccinating? Apparently, people getting vaccinated are far more prone to coming down with this than those of us who aren't. And why would you fight the use and administering of things we know do work, like zinc and vitamin C and vitamin D and ivermectin and all these things? Why would you prohibit that? Take down any articles mentioning that. Uh, Why don't you want people to know about that? If there is this simple, uh, effectively cost-efficient product that will treat this why are you fighting well, its nature. use mother yes. nature gave us all we need with um, garlic yes. and other herbs and onions yes. and um, many other things it's all there for us 
however, they don't want us to grow. They're controlling our seed control. They're poisoning yep. our foods. They're stopping trucks that uh, food supply, having them sit there yep. so the food goes off. So they're trying to control us by our appetite for food yep. or our survival. Water. Water is the next Water thing. Water as well. You know, here... Yes. You know, here in the States, Bill Gates now has sucked up just under 300,000 acres of prime farmland. And at the same time, he's growing lab-grown meats. And simultaneously, out of nowhere, the USDA comes out and deregulates genetically modified corn and soybeans. And what was the other one? There was another one. They deregulate it so this stuff can be planted anywhere. It is nutritionally vacant. (laughs) Your body cannot digest it properly. But we are seeing a takeover of food production in this country. And this is is going to get worse. Uh, This is going to get worse. We keep telling people, you know, to lay by food stores, dry goods, things, canned goods that, that will last some time. Because this is going to get bad. If you haven't noticed going into like Walmart, I God, I hate Walmart. Uh, even Walmart, empty shelves, empty freezers. There's a clue there. They get all their stuff from China. China. There's a clue there. Yep. Pay attention. And um, well, apparently this is, at one stage this, we were having um, rice that was coming in from China. That was actually not rice, uh-huh. it was plastic, but looked like rice. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah and wasn't yeah. it a few years back they were putting uh, melamine uh, into infant formula? Uh, they do all kinds of stuff to us. And yet, if <laughs> I'll never forget when they um, came out here a few years ago and said, if you grew a garden, you couldn't trade or sell or give any of your produce to, to your neighbors because you might make them sick. They're far less likely to get sick from your yeah, neighbor yeah. than they are from the store. And because um, you don't know what that stuff is, where it came from, uh, just because it says product of USA doesn't mean it was grown here. We don't know how it was grown, harvested, packaged. We don't know any of that. It's distributed by a company in here that receives it. And sent out, and you're supposed to think, oh, you, it's like <laughs> like in the stores. Uh, now things can be 40% genetically modified and still be listed as organic by the USDA. The USDA needs to be shut down. As we do a lot of shows with the black farmers, um, who have been absolutely mercilessly slaughtered by USDA for decades, and. They just this this whole organization either needs to go into receivership so that it can be reorganized and operate the way it was supposed to, or it needs to be shut down totally. It is a threat to the country. Um, it contracts against us constantly, but we see this happening globally. But this this thing with this phantom virus and this vaccine, this is the the coup de gras. This is the final. We're done messing with you. We tried to coax you and coerce you into going along with what we want. You didn't. So now we're going to kill off a whole bunch of you, and um, then you'll you'll get scared and you'll do what we want. This all gets down to – I know people are going, oh, conspiracy theory. Go ahead. 
My opinion is that uh, all public servants, all government departments should be shut down. However, um, yes. they really need to be the uh, example. If they're spruiking that uh, the world and the, the country and the states that we all need these things to keep us safe, they actually need yeah. to not sit there and have a false needle. Um, right. Allegedly... Um, Put into their system. I mean, it, it's not right. even a real needle with any substance yeah. in there that they're having. They need to. Um, all public servants need to be the example to start with. Yes, and that might start the conversation a little bit differently. All these government workers. Well, you know, you know, Bill Gates and his kids say, aren't vaccinated. He said he said they can't be vaccinated because they're allergic. Allergic to what, Bill? Oh. Uh, allergic true. to what? Yeah. yeah. Well, and go back Mom, to this uh, executive order yeah, I was yeah. talking about. Uh, this executive order that doesn't exist, supposedly, and this was coming from the right, and he exempted the judiciary and legislative branches. They don't have to take the vaccine. No, even under a mandate. He cannot, through the separation of powers, mandate anything for the judiciary or the legislative branches. They are separate branches of government, and they are co-equal. He cannot mandate, and in fact, he does not have any authority to mandate anything on the public. And so this is why no executive order exists, because he would be so far outside the realm of what he's allowed to do that, you know, they could go after him. But we, I don't care who's sitting in that office I don't care who it is, whether it's right or left. If we don't quit electing these old white men to sit in the White House, Trump, obviously a sociopath, narcissist, womanizing, pathological liar, conniving, manipulating, and Biden so far in the throes of dementia, he can't even figure out what day of the week it is or what planet he's on. We have got to stop putting these old men in the office. We need new blood. We need young people. And like in their 40s, 50s, they're mature, but they haven't started rotting away yet. And um, but this is we're and I see this in several countries. These old people put into these positions. They're puppets. They are absolutely puppets. And none of them is there for your benefit. Um, being given a choice between dumb and dumber, I'm sorry, I'm not voting. And people said, well, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. Oh, yes, I do. You did vote. I'm complaining. Why did you vote? You selected one of these idiots. Why? Why? But because this is not going to get interrupt. better. Sorry Go ahead, interrupt. Chris. I just want to sort of clarify one issue. I, I um, and I and I don't and then I respect all opinions. I know, I believe that there is a virus. So I, I, you can call it Susan, you can call it COVID, you can call it whatever. Yeah. I do know because I've seen it. I've seen uh, members of my family in you know they've come down with with something and they tested positive. Yeah. So I know that there's something that's you know triggering a positive result, and I have seen close family members and, and in particularly one member who who did suffer and recovered and recovered with vitamin C and vitamin D and, and zinc and there was and she and she's unvaccinated and she did recover. So I, I am of the opinion that there is something. What my concern is yes. 
and, and we've discussed this from our group. They're using this illness to bring in this control. Now, we can all differentiate yes. whether this virus agrees or not, and we all obviously differ on that. But we do all agree that they're using this, you know, they're using COVID to justify introducing legislation to remove our human rights. And that's what's concerning right. me. My, the right to choose, the right to, you know, because I am pro-choice, the right to have that decision. We do, have a, we do have some in the media that are not... Well, we do have information that's not, being, that's not forthcoming and it's not um, allowing people to make the right decisions as well. And, and right. as, as, as you know, your caller has suggested, and I agree, okay, why are certain governments like, you know, politicians, it's not only the exemptions that we're seeing, there are some people being exempt from this, like Commonwealth politicians and members of the judiciary, but we have seen online um, politicians in front, on the camera, being jabbed with a needle, and it, they've actually not been even injected. The cap was left on right. in one case. The needle wasn't injected. So when you start, as the public starts seeing this, and we do see this, there's an, and we don't trust our governments already, we, and in, in particularly with guardianship, when we have this um, you know, abuse of power that we can prove, then you start to look at your, you know, the other departments say, well, if they're doing this in guardianship and if they can effectively kidnap a person and remove their decision-making human rights and we know that this is state-sanctioned violence, why would I trust you in anything else? So from my perspective... I don't know what's in vaccines. I haven't researched any of that. I've made a choice, a, conscient, a, a conscious choice, not to be vaccinated at this point because I don't trust what's in there. And I have that right. And I should have that right, okay? And the more I'm being pressured, the more I, I arc up. I, that's just my personal opinion. I have friends yep. who have, have, have been double-jabbed. Um, double and, you know... That's their choice, and I respect them, and I love them, and hug them, and, and I don't have an issue. And I agree with you, Marty. I don't like division. I don't like people who have an opinion on something so strongly then being labelled as tinfoiled hat and a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. No, we're all entitled to have our views, and we respect. You know, I should respect your views. And I should respect everyone else's views and people should respect my views rather than they want us to fight. I feel there's this them and yes. us that I'm seeing. You know, you're either left or right, yep. you're jab, no jab, you follow this football team or that football team. We should just yep. respect people's choice. We can disagree, but we should respect it and not fight and not divide. But you're right. Let's look at our leaders and look at them and say, okay, guys, we don't trust you. That's where we're coming. That's the position I'm coming from. I don't trust anything you do anymore. I have enough evidence to, to, to argue that I should not trust you. And, you know, I think, you know, it's a lack of trust. It, it all comes down right. to trust. People don't trust our leaders anymore. No. And, no. and they're right not to. You know, the CIA is the one that came out with the term conspiracy theorist because in this they came out with this when people started researching for themselves and looking up stuff, and they came out a, a theorist. A theory implies you have an assumption for which you have no evidence. 
You just think something happened that way. There is a difference between a conspiracy theorist and a conspiracy analyst. When you start collecting the government documents and the reports and the Senate hearings and all this, now you're an analyst. Uh, but it's, it was meant to uh, marginalize and, and humiliate people who didn't follow the national narrative of you believe this about this situation. And another one, and we saw this, oh, God, I almost threw up every time I saw these words appear online, fake news. Oh, that's fake news. Every time somebody said something that somebody else didn't like, oh, that's fake news, fake news. Shut up, you fool. Shut up. All of that you're getting from the national media is fake news. Shut up. And quit following in with this stuff. I, it, you would think after so much time and so many experiences with this, people would be more jaded in their view, maybe is what I want to say, and quit following like sheep. Oh, they said this, and I believe him. I voted for him, and I voted for that one, and, and blah, 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 blah. I don't care. I don't care. Did you research this? Did you look into this? Yes. Yeah, it's healthy to and question. If you have it a, is healthy. And if, it is that we, you, yeah. Marty, you and I disagree on a lot of issues. We disagree on many, many issues, and we agree on a, a yes. lot of issues. I, I'm not. I don't. Um, I don't know all the politics in America. I don't, and, and obviously you don't know all our politics here. But we, we've seen to have the same problems, which is corruption and fraud yes. and guardianship kidnappings and. And when I say guardianship kidnapping, do you know that people still today look at me and others in the group like we are tinfoil hat, um, yes. you know, You know when we talk about guardianship. Now, going to guardianship, um, I receive calls every day, every day and emails. And I had this beautiful uh, 83-year-old lady the other day on the phone telling me her 58-year-old son has effectively been kidnapped by a group home. And she said to me, I can't believe this is happening in Australia. And that's how I felt when I first yeah. walked, you know, stepped into the guardianship yes. arena. And once you've been bitten, and I always say this, once you've seen the ugly side of government departments, you know, some of these... You know, uh, when people come to me about other, you know, like family court or, or the child protection abuse and so on, I don't dismiss it anymore. In the past, I probably would right. have. And I'd say, oh, this is rubbish and, you know, that can't happen in Australia. We have, uh, um, you know, a judge and a jury and, uh, and we have, everything's working and you have, the, you're, you have your day in court. And, but when you mm-hmm. sort of venture into the guardianship arena and you start to see that, um, members can cherry-pick evidence and that they can ignore it. And it's all legislated. This appears in legislation, okay? Um, yes. When you've been in a hearing, when you've attended hearings where the victim is not present at that hearing, when you have a member screaming at you, you know, not providing, you know, the victim, the family, with the evidence um, in regards to decision, in particular with capacity, when you start to... And I've attended hundreds of hearings, and I look at this and I think there's something really rotten in the state of Denmark. There's something really rotten here. So when you see it in guardianship, and you become so jaded, and so I mean, there's been there have been times, and you you and I, Marty, have discussed this, where you have felt like 
if people don't get it, I'm just walking away. I just can't do it anymore. I mean, I have yeah. felt so frustrated um, in, in, this, in, in, in trying to explain that we have, you know, our governments have set this up. This is not a conspiracy yes. theory. You know, they, yeah. are, they are targeting people in hospitals. They are targeting people in group homes. Uh, they are targeting... So anything's open to going, I don't believe. When I'm seeing in Melbourne, you know, that they've shut down businesses, they've effectively guardianised yeah. the whole state. You know, when legislation yes. is allowing or orders are allowing this, where discretionary powers uh, are becoming the norm, there's no external oversight. No one's stepping in to say, hey, guys, stop right there. Stop it. You know, there are laws. There are human rights. There's legislation. No one is doing anything. When we see, and we all know this in guardianship, that guardianship legislation, guardianship legislation is being ignored. I mean, in, in certain states we have, they need to, you know, the guardians have to preserve family relationships. They have to preserve the culture, and they ignore it. They isolate families. Right. And they justify that isolation with bogus, there's not even evidence, just allegations. You just have to yes. sit back and say, what is going on? And I think another member's just mentioned she's just called in from Adelaide and she would like to offer her view on what's happening in another Thanks. state. So you've had the Queensland perspective, you've had the Melbourne perspective. Now it looks like Adelaide wants to step in and Adelaide, I believe, is Hang one, on. in my opinion, the most corrupt state in Australia when it comes to guardianship. Okay, if we and can, I will stand uh, by that. Uh, yeah. You, uh, you got Hi. Adelaide? Is this you? Yes. Hi. Hi. Hello. Okay. Hi, Martin. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Hello. Hi, my name's Angela. Yeah, we'll, we'll okay. write down south, the Adelaide, the killing state. Uh -huh. We're not in lockdown, okay. but um, we've, we've got the most horrific hospital system in the country. Oh, no. As, oh, as no. what we experienced with both my parents falling sick, trying to actually yeah, force us into um, permanent residence care against my mother's wishes with my father. Um, my father uh -huh. was actually uh, an 89-year-old frail man that they were overdosing three times the normal amount of antipsychotic drugs. And when we questioned oh, him, wow. when he stayed one night in the hospital and he had a fall, there was no one there, hardly any staff. And when we were questioning them the next day when he was unconscious and we questioned the drugs, he was um, booted out by nine policemen um, out of the nursing home, labelled a dangerous patient. <laughs> Oh, a dangerous yes. patient. As I said, horrific, horrific. Uh, horrific circumstances yeah. for elderly people to be put through <laughs> all this. Yeah, as I said, they're not here for your health at all. No, no. And, and should we said, see that here also? There's money racketeering. There's money. We've yes, been, sorry, I can't. We've been, I keep saying this, we have been commodified. They are buying, selling, and trading us. And That's they right. are doing it yeah. through government programs, government organizations, yeah. through politics, through all, all various sources. But we are for sale. And if mm. the, what and they're trying to do is the look at a group system. of people. Go ahead. 
Yeah, and as, as I said, and once you're in the hospital system and you're under their care, even with, when ambulance come and take you away, you have got no say in your body. You have no say. You have no control over your life. It's, right. it's so dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous what, what it, they're doing and what they're getting away with, these politicians, these high-up bureaucrats. As I said, they all should be arrested with what's happening. Right. I, I think they all should be held lawfully accountable for what they've allowed to happen, what they have created the the venue for, that they have facilitated. Because all of this is done. I know every time we go against anybody, um, you know, we approach a politician here and we ask them, uh, you know, can you help? Will you help with this? This is what they're doing. Can you help with this? And the thing is, they will inevitably, you see suddenly um, – these massive donations come in from the bar mafia and all of a sudden yeah. they can't help you. They can't, they can't, you know, there's nothing they can do. And this isn't, they've got important things. One politician in Minnesota said to this, he said, I have got important issues to deal with. And I said, so killing grandma and grandpa so mm. you can steal their estate isn't important. Or is that what you're telling exactly. me? And mm. you know, and, and this after, is what well, happens when I pass. Yes. Yeah. And that's right. And after they pass away, then you have you have to deal with the estate and the lawyers, which yeah. all of them are in cohoots with each other, as I said. And even if you have a valued will or whatever, it means nothing because anybody can come and you know, um, you know, like dispute it. And then you go into yeah. another um, fight with um, the lawyers, which again are behind politicians as well. Yes. And it so is, as I said, it, it's, you know, it's, it's the government just, racketeering. Yes. And that, I think, is exactly the common problem around the globe. Governments no longer exist to ensure the welfare of the people, to make sure business runs smoothly, you know, do all the things you think government should do. They, that is why they exist. These are corrupt criminal mm-hmm. rackets. And, and they prey on the public. You. Yes. That's right. Yes. And if you you speak against them, they hunt you down. That's that's all they can do. They just hunt you down until they get you in a corner. Yes. Yep. As I said, we've seen now, like if you you told me this 10 years ago or whatever, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but what I saw, especially with the hospital system, it's just absolutely surreal. It's dire. Well, and that's the thing too, um, the hospitals, you know, talking with elderly people here, and myself included, I won't go to the doctor. Yes. The doctor no. has become basically, dangerous. you know, enemy territory. Yes, it's yes. dangerous to go to the doctor. And for God's sake, do not go to the hospital. The likelihood of you coming no. home in anything other than mm. a body bag is about nil and none. Now, here, uh, two exactly. years ago, Virginia... The state of Virginia tried to pass a law, and I have to check and see if they ever did pass it, that when you go into the hospital, the doctor and the hospital can determine your health care, and you have no say in it. They can overtake it completely. Yes, we saw that with us. Yep, and they're, they're trying to do this everywhere, that once you go into that situation, 
you no longer have body autonomy, the right to to determine your own health care or anything else, to reject things like chemotherapy and radiation, which will kill you a lot faster than the cancer Mm. will. But, you know, this is – you don't have the right. And there again, it's money. They're going to do what what makes them money. Mm. Uh, It's like when you go into the Uh hospital and you get admitted – and they listed all the symptoms you have. This is fed into a program that then kicks out all of the possible diagnosis, mm-hmm. and that then kicks mm-hmm. out a secondary program which tells them all the therapy, surgeries, to be applied to that, and what the dollar value of all of that is. So guess what yes, you got? <laughs> you know, guess what you got? And um, it. it I I don't know I I don't know how this is. Go ahead. That's exactly right. Right. That's exactly South Australia. Where Angela's from in South Australia, I wouldn't live in South Australia. Chris, uh, one of our crew members, knows South Australian guardianship laws uh, quite well, and in particularly the public trustees. Mm. They, in my opinion, and in Asgar's opinion, anyone in South Australia is in real danger. Oh, it's the top of the tree yes. in terms of guardianship. We have a lady languishing in, our, in an aged care facility at the, at the moment. Mm. They, she was captured. They, they put a wrist monitor, an ankle monitor on her. Um, I can't remember. It was a wrist monitor, actually. Um, she, there were guards at her door. A false allegations were um, uh, directed towards her, her carer, her son, no proof. You don't need proof in Adelaide. Um, an order was mm. made, you know, to... They even lied about her weight. Um, and, and, and you look at these orders, and she was she was drugged at her own hearing. Um, we attended that hearing, the, the initial hearing, just to show you how dangerous our South Australia is. Yeah. Um, we, had a, we had an advocate in that hearing. Uh, this poor woman was drugged, okay? The allegations were unfounded. You don't need evidence. You just a social worker just can make up anything. Right. An order was mm-hmm. made yep. Uh, yep. immediately, and the whole family has attempted to appeal this order. So there's an attempt to appeal mm-hmm. the order. They had been denied the right to appeal. They quickly shunted off. It's almost textbook. It's a well-oiled machine. Quickly yeah. um, transferred to an aged care facility. Um, the yeah. son is absolutely mortified. The poor woman is mortified, um, all because they have incentivised that there's a commission on the capture. So, if you um, transfer a poor victim to a nursing home, the public, the, the state, receives it can receive up to five, six percent of that estate in in terms of capturing that person. So there's a price. Put on your head, okay, to, to take yes. over your affairs. She has been denied the right to live back home. Uh, her weight has not changed because she's naturally a thin woman. Um, the allegations, it's like, go away, we own her now, okay? It's ownership. Yes. She's dead under the law, yes. Marty. She has died. She's physically alive, but her voice yeah. has been silenced. They own her. He can't get his mother out. He's a good person. He loves his mum, but we're powerless. Mm. We don't know what to do. And in South Australia, I have another lady, and Angela was Angela was fortunate. Her, her mum, I spoke to Angela's mum beforehand. 
And I'm, what I mean by fortunate, poor, poor mum passed away. I mean, it sounds horrible, but that was being fortunate there. Um, we have another lady who left her two non-verbal children in, uh, in daycare, only to go back, and this is in South Australia, to go back to collect her children and was told a guardianship order was placed over them and she's been denied yeah. her children. We have another lady, yeah. no family, mum's in, a hospital, mum's in care, okay, so the mother's in care, there's no other children, she's, a, she's the sole heir of the, the estate, her mum mm. does not receive a pension, she has units, what do they do? We're stepping in. There's no conflict. Yeah. They have just stepped in, yeah. they have taken over this uh, poor woman's life, yeah. they've taken over the estate. I worked out, and another accountant have worked out, that in four years, if they liquidate anything, this woman will lose $1 million of estate will benefit, but she will lose oh, $1 million yeah. of her estate. Yeah. But if, she, if the property is not sold and is rented out, not only are all her bills paid for, not only is she her nursing or hospice fees are paid for, but she has an asset there that she can use and tap into if she needs to in four years. Oh, yeah. but no, you see, what doesn't benefit the South Australian government mm-hmm. run by, I don't know who's running it at the moment, it is a, an absolute farce, the South Australian it's government. Worse, yeah. And what and I saw in, in the geriatric... Yeah. Oh, go, go, go no, ahead. What, what I've seen is that um, once you're in hospital, you're swamped by social workers. There's hardly any doctors. Yes. Our doctors are all from overseas, from third world countries. There's doctors, hardly any nurses, but we're swamped with social workers. We're just, I remember yes. our, our dealings with my mother because she, they both got sick at the same time. She was cancer and my father just, just elderly issues. Um, we were just, she was swamped with social workers. That's all we had to deal with because they know exactly, once you go into the hospital, they know exactly everything about you. Yes, so, as I said, it, it an is asset so search dangerous. is done. You know? uh, I, I found that out here, that when you go into the hospital mm-hmm. here, when you're being admitted, one of the things they're doing while you sit there and wait is an asset search. And when I found out they were doing this, and this is exactly. about four or five years ago, uh, and I said, why yeah. are you running an asset search on me? Well, we want to make sure you can pay the bill. And I said, excuse me, you've got two insurance mm-hmm. cards sitting there. I think I'm covered. And But they do an asset search, and if that asset search turns up enough in an estate or, you know, your equity or your interest, well, guess mm-hmm. what? They guardianize you. And now hospitals exactly. are yeah. guardianizing people. And you're yeah. right about these social workers. And I've told many, many people, if you are well, in the I've hospital, I've never seen so many social workers if you're, in our hospitals. Yeah. I said, if you're in the hospital... Yeah. One of the first people to show up is going to be yes. a social worker. You are not obligated yes. to speak with them, ask them to leave the room, and admonish them not to be filing any false reports. And But yes. this is what they do. And then no matter what you oh, said, no, they, they bully you. My mother, my mother was a very soft yes. person, and they, uh, we had about five, six of them. They completely bullied her not to take my father out to put him in respite. But that respite was not for two weeks. It was permanent care. But as I said, because oh, we wow. put our foot down in the end, they tried to kill him. And they did with the antipsychotic drugs. And I would say to them, yes. you know, the contraindication of these drugs for an elderly person is it's going to bring them to a stroke and death. Is that what you want? 
you know, I, I think, and I, I yeah. tell one foreign doctor, a geriatric doctor in that ward, better to go to, you know, the backyard street and get yourself a drug dealer. You'll probably get better drugs to feed these elderly people <laughs> with what they were giving them, like You're morphine and right. morphine. Of course, he brought him to his, to his death, and that's what happened. Yeah. And they As do said, drugs them the most, to death. And, and South Australia, we're the most, the hospitals, the Royal Adelaide Hospital and the Queen Elizabeth Hospital should be shut down. They're the most dangerous places in the Southern Hemisphere, I believe. Oh I'm not originally from South Australia, but what I saw with my parents was just absolutely Holocaust. Oh and my you God. have no rights. And said, you know, with the ambulance, you tell them, we don't want that hospital, we're going to pay private. They will not do that. They take you where they want you. Yeah. So really? it just means it's a, it's a an act, you know, an attack on humanity. It's a well-oiled machine. We we talk about this all the time, Marty. Look, yeah. when people call me, I always ask them. I I can actually work out now what's next. I can actually determine what's yeah. next. So mm-hmm. if someone's in a hospital but there's no guardianship order. Um, I know the next step will be to guardianise that person quickly before they escape. Yes. Okay? So yes. I, I can work out if a guardianship order... I, I received another call from a lady in Western Australia the other day and she lives with her husband and there's a guardianship order and he's, they run a business. And she said to me, you know, why would they do this? And I said, what are the orders, sweetheart? And she said to me, the orders are... Um, they want to know... They want control of where he works. I said, well, they want his assets and they want to control where he goes and he's on NDIS, so they really want to, really want, have they got an accommodation function? And she said, yes, they, they, I don't know why they would put an accommodation order in when he lived with me. I said, because the next step is to remove him from your care. She said, they yeah. can't do that, Christine. And I said, oh, yes, they can. They're doing it. And she said, but that's against the law. And I said, he, your partner is dead under the law. And when I tell them that, they just look at they, you can sort of, they yep. think, oh, she's mad, this woman. And I said, what they're doing is under the colour of law. There's nothing legal about kidnapping or any entrapment or, 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 or fraud. But when that person is guardianised, they become them. So I try to explain to people the next step is they will remove him. And, and, and there's, another, there's another gentleman. I said, they will remove him and take the money. Now, there was another gentleman that called me the other day. He's married and his wife has MS. And he said to me, you know, she's got no assets. Why would they apply for an administration order when she has no money? And I turned around and said, do you have money? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, you're about to be divorced. He said, what do you mean? Yeah, there you go. I said... Well, it's called involuntary separation, and I've been to many of these mm-hmm. hearings. They can divorce the public trustee because the guardian steps in, and now the public trustee want to step in. And I and he said, but why would they do that? And I said, because the public trustee have asserted the legal aspect of your partner. And then I think the man was mortified, and I said, why was she removed from your care? He said, our son, who's eight years old threw an orange at mum, and that was a risk. And they removed this poor woman and put her into care. And now they're coming in for the money. And I said to him, do you have a good lawyer? And he said, no. I said, I think you'd better find one, particularly in family law. And I referred to the case that that was relevant for him. 
because you're about to be divorced. And yeah. they're saying they can't and, and, you know, the, said, Oh, yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And see, and we've just got a few minutes left here. But when you you talk about these people getting caught up in this and being dead in the law, it's because the first thing guardianship does when it is granted is it strips the victim of their legal mm-hmm. name and identity. This is called legal capacity. Yeah. They no longer exist in the law. They are a thing, a unit. We see them referred to as things, units, and merchandise because they no longer have a right to their own name and identity. This is assumed by the guardian who now presents themselves as that person. And the other thing Mm -hmm. is they lose legal agency, and that is the right to conduct their own business, to contract, to do whatever they do financially in their private life, is they lose that. Mm -hmm. So, but this is, uh, this whole system. And Marty, if I could just say, what they they do then with that identity is they've stolen that person's identity and they use it to take out um, false allegations and fabricate yes. domestic violence and family violence um, orders yep. on people with no evidence. Yep. Yes, ma'am. And then that's the thing about this. They do that. Yeah. The tribunal. Well, this is a tribal tribunal. Don't realize in no. I keep trying to explain that to people here. This is, has nothing to do with the judiciary and the court system and the laws and all of this. This exists outside of that, like military tribunals. But anyway, we've just got a couple of minutes left here. Chris, I want to thank you so much for taking time to be with us. And please stay in touch with me so I know you're okay. And um, ladies that called in, thank you so much. Uh, Appreciated your input. And we're going to do this again. Thank you. Um, You know, we're out here. We're supporting you. Many of us are here in the States. And many of us are watching you because we know what's happening to you is coming for us. And so whatever you need from us, please let me know. We're there. And uh, with that, we're going to shut this down. Everybody, again, thank you for taking the time to be with us. This has been a massive, massive show. Um, The audience on this is off the charts. And you represented well, and you stated your case, and we will be keeping up with you, okay? So stay in touch with us, please, so we know you're okay. And if you aren't, we're going to sound the alarm. Uh, anyway, thank you. Uh, we need that. Yes. Thank you to our viewers. Yes. Um, thank, thank you. Thank you. Yes. So, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in tonight. This has been a stellar broadcast. We've had a massive audience. Um, we're available on Facebook. If you want to comment, you got any questions, anything you want to say, uh, Chris, of course, heads up AAASG Australian. Against, I can double hardly a, even say H-G, all those. Double A, <laughs> Yeah, there the you Australian go. Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse. There you go. See, she can say it. I can't. That's like saying rubber baggy buggy oh, bunkers. I can't say that either. And, um, but anyway, um, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we are going to do a follow up uh, as soon as possible. Keep track of our girls here. And I say, ladies, anything comes up, anything at all. Uh, we're here. We're here. Again, these no shows problem. are brought Good to you night. in coordination with Marcel yeah, Reed thank you. and the Whistleblower Summit. And this is some major whistleblowing mm-hmm. we got going on here. So people, please stand up and support Australia, please. 
um, what happens to them is going to happen to us. They need us. Stand up, please, for God's sake, stand up. And thank you again, everyone, and we'll have a good night. Thank you. Thank you.